Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. Come on, can you say thank you? Come on, I know life has looked a little different. I know 2020 has been like, it's it's been... (laughs) Who even knows? But come on, Kent, tonight, come on, we're gathering all online with our midweek connect groups. But tonight, before we get any further, can we just say thank you, Jesus? Come on, one more time. Can we say thank you, Jesus? Now, come on, see, we know what it's like to be at home watching service. So I'm going to ask one more time, come on, with your connect group, with everybody, your family. Hey, maybe you got the little ones running around. Come on, can we say thank you, Jesus. Well, hey, uh, my name is Pastor Tom. This is my amazing wife, Jess, and we are the Alive Student and Young Adult Directors. And tonight we have the honor and privilege of bringing tonight's uh, Galatians Bible study. We hope you came ready. We hope you logged on wherever you're from. Uh, If you're first time logging on, hey, we just want to welcome you. Shout out to all of our midweek study groups that are taking place right now from Costa Mesa to Fullerton to all Orange County. Some in L.A. County. In New York. New York. Yeah. Amen. We got New York in the house. But uh, we just want to welcome everybody tuning in online with us tonight. I'm excited. Are you excited? I am excited. Before we get any further again, we just want to welcome you all. Thank you for tuning on online with us tonight. And uh, we just want to give honor to our lead pastors. Uh, we're so grateful for their investment that they pour into uh, each, just my wife and I, but also just Freedom House Church. So if you're in the chat, Can I just have you right now, this is the way uh, honor is one of our core values. Can you just say thank you to our lead pastors? Come on, they have pioneered a a pandemic, all the civil unrest, they've pioneered so much through it. Uh, So Pastor Marie and Pastor Sia, we honor you. Thank you for leading us in this time. And uh, we're just extremely grateful. I think we're just extra grateful tonight because what's tomorrow? Thanksgiving. Yo, I got my stretchy pants on, like Daryl said, yeah. and I got my stretchy coat. Uh, we're about to have this meal before we have our Thanksgiving meal. So go ahead, grab your Bibles, grab your notebooks, and uh, you got anything else you want to say? You want to welcome anyone else? No, I'm excited. Let's jump let's, in. Let's jump into it. So go ahead, grab all your things, and uh, we're going to get into it tonight. And uh, this, this Bible study is a little unique. Here's what I mean by that is this is not your typical letter that Paul writes to the the region of uh, people that he would be writing to. Um, So maybe you joined us uh, last week and you're like, man, this just got real fast. What happened? Um, There's there's a, a term that the youth like to say, and it's this term called pop off. And all the parents are like, did he hit a soda can? Like, what, what, what's <laughs> popping off? Uh, in other words, Paul's going from one extreme to another. So we're going to say tonight, pop off, Paul. Pop off. Um, but uh, we're, we're going to jump in tonight to our Bible study. And before we jump into context and all that, Pastor Lou mentioned earlier, tomorrow we have our Feed the Need event where we are going to literally have hundreds of volunteers here at our Fullerton campus passing out and just being hope to our community. Uh, We have over 100 families that signed up 
to receive a prepackaged Thanksgiving dinner box that they get to go home. And we provided uh, the turkey, the mashed potatoes, the stuffing, the cranberry sauce. Hello. Uh, but the whole, literally the whole Thanksgiving the whole meal, shebang. the whole shebang. And we're just super excited to be able to uh, just give hope back in this time. And we're, we're going to have over 500 mills going out in our community. It's one of our favorite outreaches that we're a part of that we get to see. Uh, so we're super excited about that. Uh, but just again, we're just going to continue on right where we left off last week. And so just a quickly recap, we're going to go over uh, last week, Pastor Sai and Pastor Marie taught our Bible study. And uh, they, they taught out of Galatians chapter 1. So we're in chapter 1 tonight, verses 6 through 10. Tonight, we're going to try and cover some ground. Uh, we're going to go from chapters 10 through 24. We're going to try and get us into chapter 2 tonight. Uh, but some of the big takeaways that they had last week, uh, just to catch you up to speed, because I kind of got to give a little bit of a preface, because otherwise you're going to be like, man, why is this dude so mad? Like, he's just like so upset. Not that any of you are like that tuning on online or like the guy that, that cut us off on the way, way down here. Uh, praise the Lord. Uh, but one of the takeaways is that, you know, in this time, our commitment is being challenged. And I love the way Pastor Siah posed this because he said, or it's just being revealed. So our commitment is being challenged or it's just being revealed in this season. Uh, the second one was, am I a people pleaser or a God pleaser. And that's where we're, we're going to pick up tonight. So sub, sub point is sometimes in life, uh, Pastor Marie said this, is you just got to suck it up. You just got to suck it up for a season. And so we're going to read verses 10 through 24, and uh, we're just going to pick apart some passages uh, here in this uh, Bible college term, pericope. It's a series of verses that we're going to break down. Uh, we're going to group them together, and then we're just going to have fun doing a Bible study tonight. What do you say? You ready? Yes. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Why don't, babe, why don't you go ahead and read verse 10 through 17, and then I'll pick up the rest. Okay. This is in the NLT. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. I received my message from no human source, and no one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. You know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion, how I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in my zeal for the traditions of my ancestors. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. When this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any human being, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to consult with those who were apostles before I was. Instead, I went away to Arabia, and later I returned to the city of Damascus. Then three years later, I went to Jerusalem to get to know Peter, and I stayed with him for 15 days. I went too far. That's I okay. added one extra verse. You did. You made it a little easier for me. Uh, Paul goes on and he says, I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that what I'm writing to you is no lie. Have you ever had to feel like you've had to uh, over explain yourself? That's a little bit of what we're reading right here in this passage. Uh, then I went to Syria and Cilicia. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the reports the man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. Mm, that's, that's like the, uh, depends what type of 
dessert person you are, the pumpkin pie with whipped cream or the uh, apple pie with vanilla ice cream on top uh, verse right there. Uh, And then he finishes, and they praise God because of me. Mm. Tonight, uh, we're going to jump into this uh, passage of scripture here. Uh, So get your pens out, get your notebooks out, take some notes. Before we move on any further, let's pray. Father, we just ask, Lord, uh, that whoever's tuning on tonight, God, would, would hear a word specifically from you, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing through our church. We thank you, God, that uh, you still move and you're still real. And God, you're going to speak through us tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. Okay, um, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for I am. you. You're too. an amazing wife. Thank you. I love you. I love you, too. It's Thanksgiving, y'all. Come on. Why don't you turn to the person to your left, to your right, whoever you're sitting next to. Maybe you're in a midweek Bible study. Quick, 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 uh, connect groups. Tell them what you're thankful for. Maybe you just got to be creative. One of your kids are sitting next to you, and you're just like, I'm just thankful for y'all, all your energy. <laughs> I'm thankful for, for all that. Uh, Pastor said that blessing in disguise in there somewhere, but go ahead, tell them uh, what you're thankful for. Uh, tonight, we, we want to just pick up again right where our pastors left off, and uh, I think what's important is to understand the context behind the verses that we're in. Last week, Pastor Sai mentioned that Paul is, is penning this letter to the region of Galatia, and what this is is a series of churches that have already been developed. So Christ already came, he already died, he rose for their sins, and now Paul is writing this letter to new believers who are in a, a crux beti- between uh, Judeo-Christianity and Christianity, mm. otherwise known as the way. Um, but what's important to know is this is not a traditional letter. This letter is not a, a traditional Greco-Roman style, nor is it a traditional letter that Paul would even write. Because typically in a letter that Paul writes, it would be the introduction, it would be who he's addressing, it would be a prayer or a thanksgiving passage or portion of, of in the letter that he's thanking them that he's for. He's like, you read Philippians or Colossians or you read uh, Corinthians. He's writing a letter thanking people for, for their faith, for their, um, their stewardness in their walk with Christ. But, but we're finding something different here. Right. Because if we don't have context, my wife wrote a, a bio about me one time and it was, he loves to dive into the deep things. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. What? But Wait, did that really happen? Yeah, you're like, he likes to dive into deep context. And I'm like, okay, um, I guess it's a compliment. I'm not too sure. <laughs> but if we don't understand what the context is here in this letter, then all we're going to view Paul is just like, that dude's got some problems. <laughs> like he's, Paul, you're at a, 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 a 10. I'm at a two, so I'm going to need you to take it down a couple notches. Um, but but what we're seeing is Paul, he introduces this, this letter, he writes it to the region of Galatia, and then it's correction. And so there's some things that, that we got to address here first. So why don't we pick up in verse 10, uh, and, and what do you got for us in that, that verse right there? Um, so verse 10, I'm just going to reread it just so that I can refresh you guys. If you don't have your Bibles in front of you. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. I feel like this verse... is 2020. Well, yeah. It's There's Gen never Z. been a more... Verse 10 year than this year. I feel like right now people are really at the crossroads of... Do I want to live like in my flesh or do I want to live by the spirit? And I think too, I love 
I told my husband, I love his boldness here. He's basically saying, it's black and white, there isn't any gray. And it reminds me of uh, Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money or fill in the blank. Whatever it is that you feel is trying to enslave you. I think um, it's so great how he is so bold to say that he would not be Christ's servant if he was living for the world. And he makes it like plain as day is, which one are you going to pick? And if we, I mean, as we dive in, we'll learn more, but he was living in the world, actually hating on Christianity and now he is living for God. So there is no in-between. Right. And, and I think the reason why he, Paul will come off so strongly with this is we learned last week that there's uh, another type of gospel. Wouldn't even call it a gospel that's being preached. It's just that people are, are perverting the, what Christ did. Right. They're, they're telling them that it's, it's a different means that needs to happen. Yeah. So someone who once upheld that standard, we're going to break down here in the next coming verses, has, a, has this encounter that literally shifts his whole perspective of who Christ was. Mm. So why he comes off so strong has a purpose. It has a reason. Right. I want to quickly read of this encounter that Paul has because his name wasn't always Paul. Right. He was once known as Saul. So in Acts chapter 9, uh, very quickly, I'm going to read this here, is because I want us to gain a context of, of why Paul is like, man, Paul, like, did you not get to take a nap today? Like, mm. Like, what's going on? Like, like just, just chill out a little bit. Uh, so let's, let's read this because I don't believe that someone who has so much passion about something is quiet when something comes against that. Like, let's be honest. Whatever you're most passionate about, maybe it's makeup, maybe it's finances. If someone were to just be like, nah, not that important. Move on. Come on. We're talking about more important things here. You would have been like, what? Like, what? So let's, yeah. let's read this verse real quick. He says, meanwhile, this is Acts chapter 9, verse 1 through 8. Meanwhile, Saul was still breaking out. Saul, remember his name's Paul. Saul, now, uh, was still uh, breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for the letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, this is now Saul, a.k.a. Paul, wanting to disabandon uh, believers who are known as the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Mm. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. This is Jesus literally having a dialogue with Paul here. <laughs> Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. These are other similar men that were just like Saul. They heard, about, they heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. Again, I want to reiterate this point. Is that Paul, a.k.a. Saul, is not just having a bad day. There are things that are taking place in this region here that he's writing this letter to that is causing him to be as assertive, that is causing him to be as bold as he is. I cannot think of a better year for believers to be more bold in their faith. Hmm. 
I cannot, how much more civil unrest do you have to see? Right. For you to, to that's not right. Right. How much more, how much more of a, a, man, the world literally flipped upside down. And when we thought it was upside down, it was only a quarter of a turn, flipped again and more. Yeah. But this is, this is the vein that Paul is in as he, he's, he's writing and he's saying, region of Galatia. Um, I, I, I can only imagine his pen like, like, but, but whoever is tuning in tonight, we have to know that the same message still applies to us. Right. What have you heard throughout this whole pandemic that has caused maybe your faith to shipwreck? This, this is the vein that Paul is in, is he's trying to get us to come back. He's trying to get us to remember that what God spoke to you in 2019, right. you know, it's, still, it's still void. It's not void. It's still valid. That the dreams that you had, that you wrote down in your vision board, okay, maybe you didn't get a head start in 2020. So we'll just say in February, you wrote your dreams down, okay, in February. Paul is reminding us, he's saying, no, 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 don't give up so easy. Because what we're about to get into in these next couple of verses is going to help us ultimately gain this understanding of Paul's not coming from a place to just criticize us and make us feel small. Right. He's coming from a, of a place of, uh, in certain commentaries, they'll call it as a, as a pastoral guidance. Mm. So we're going to pick up in verse 11 now, and we're going to go uh, 11 through 14. And so here's what he says. He says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, notice the change in in. Uh, wording here is brothers and sisters. So now he's, he's okay, I, I realized I was at a 10. I'll tone it down a little bit. My fellow brothers and sisters, uh, that the gospel I preach is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it from revelation from Jesus Christ. For you've heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. This is what we read in Acts chapter 9. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people, and I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. Why is it important for us to know about Paul's past life? What Paul is asserting is that if anyone had the opportunity to talk about how a works-based faith or a works-based experience was to be lived out, it's him. He gives his uh, credentials in Philippians chapter 3 and also in some other uh, scriptures. He says, I'm a Hebrew of all Hebrews. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. But he's also going on and he's, he's really trying to put this thing into perspective for us is because this is not someone who just was like, I think I want to be a believer today. Right. This dude yeah. was literally killing Christians. Right. Like, how do you go? from killing Christians to just saying, maybe that's not the way I was supposed to live. Right. I, I mean, and he went from, like my husband said, a very works-based way of living. He was religion versus relationship. So when he then comes and crosses paths with Jesus, is which many of us have had, if you're tuning in, you've likely had some type of encounter with God, with the Holy Spirit, and you had an encounter that nothing anyone could have said or taught you could disprove because you know it was an encounter with him. And so he went from this radical way of him thinking he was intellectually smart, like he said, listing out all of his credentials. I have my degree. I have this. I have that. But when it was all said and done, an encounter changed everything. So let me ask this question. 
Have you had an encounter with God in your life in 2020? Have you had an encounter with God? Pastor Tom, the churches have been closed. That's not what I asked. Yeah. Have you had an encounter with God in 2020? Because maybe the crux of a lot of our frustration, stress, anxiety, depression is because 2020 has taught us how to truly seek after God. Maybe, maybe that's why we're, we're a little, uh, like, I just want to, I don't want to see anyone tomorrow. Like, I just want to be home and I just, just want to cook my own turkey and order honey-baked ham. And, but, but Paul literally went from one lifestyle to another. Right. One encounter with God literally changes everything. Right. And I need to say this because we pastor students and young adults, I don't care how many vibes you try and chase after, there is only one encounter that will ever change the trajectory of your life. Yeah. I'm just trying to seek the next high. <laughs> Let me just say this because I feel like there's some young adults that are tuning on maybe or even some high schoolers who are trying to chase another high. You don't know what that next high may bring you. You, we don't know that. Right. For, for me, I, I talk often with, with youth and young adults that are just like, you know, I, I just don't believe that God is real. But have you given him an honest chance? Because let's be honest, you've probably given some of your, I don't want to say this explicitly, friends that hook you up with the stuff more of a chance. Huh. But one encounter, one moment, one service, one experience is all it takes. It's right. all it took for me. Right. It's all it took for me. What about you? Um, it, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we have different stories, but I, I mean, I grew up in church. I fell away from church when some things happened in my family that led to brokenness, and my mom, we stopped attending, and I chose to go to a church on my own, but it it took me to, to come to a breaking place where I said, God, like, I can't do this anymore. I, I didn't give you an authentic chance the first time. And I was that person who was giving a million other things, options, a relationship, drinking, whatever it may be. And um, I think that there's never the words that we have to be careful of as a Christian, and this is going to come off strong, is just one last time. Oh, gosh, this is going to make me emotional, and I already feel it. Um, right before I got saved, my best friend was at my house, and she was studying for nursing because she had just gotten into the nursing school of her dreams, and she was talking about how she wants to go to church because her mom is a faithful Christian. And I said, yeah, like, let's start going to church because I had started to, you know, read my word and I wasn't going out and doing those things anymore. And one of her friends texted her, one of her other friends texted her and said, hey, come, come out with me. And she said, okay, one last time. And I said, don't drink. And that was at 8 p.m. on a Thursday night. And at 4 a.m. on Friday morning, I got a text that she passed away from drinking and driving. So I am telling you right now, one last time is never worth it. Because 
The enemy doesn't care about your intentions. The enemy does not care that your heart is in the right place, that you're going to do better tomorrow. The enemy cares that he is going to get you to do something right now. And it is going to ruin everything that God has for you in the days to come. We have to be, and, and I think that that is something that has stuck with me that has allowed me to be so bold to share my faith. And we have to live like that because I will not let another friend be taken by sin. I will not let another friend be taken by the enemy with those traps of one last chance. Did God really say? Yes, God did really say, and I am going to stay obedient, and I am going to see all of the goodness that God has for me. Pop off, girl. <laughs> I, I think we see why Paul is writing with such boldness here. Right. Like, you literally feeling this this. Because this experience that I had, right. now, now I need to address it a certain way. Yeah. I feel like I, you have something more to say there. No. No, okay. Um, <laughs> but but I, I don't want to just brush past that, but I, I want to get us into verse 15, 16, because right. maybe you're tuning on tonight and you're just saying, well, I'm still going to gamble one more time. Hmm. Like, I'm still going to do it just this weekend. I already confirmed my dinner reservations with him or her. Mm. Let me just read the verses. (laughs) But when God who set me apart from my mother's womb and Mm. called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. And I need to say this tonight because I feel like there's people that are tuning in, especially around the holidays right now. You still have a purpose. You are still loved. Right. You still matter. God, we love you. God loves you. You may feel like, man, I, I'm, I'm removed, completely isolated from people, and COVID only enhanced that times 1,000. You still have a purpose. Right. We read about suicide rates skyrocketing. It's even more with youth and young adults that it's just catapulted through the roof. Right. So whoever you are tonight, tuning in, maybe you're going to re-listen to this. You have a purpose. We see here in the text, Paul says it himself, in his mother's womb. Did you know, pastor says this, when you are still a twinkle in your mother's eye, your dad's eye, you have a purpose. God already had a plan for your life. Before, Before you were even born, there was already a plan put in place. Again, I want to remind us of why, why it's so important to, to understand who Paul once was, how he was, and what he did. Paul was not a, a saint, okay? We read about him literally wanting to kill Christians. Have, or do you remember a time, I know you were just an angel, <laughs> but do you remember what you were like before you gave your life to Christ? Yes. You want to elaborate a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> um, I dealt with anger a lot, like a lot. Uh, It took my family a long time to see me as who I became because they were so used to who I was before God. And I think it's kind of like when Paul says, um, it's later, but he says, yeah, and still the churches in Christ that are in Judea that didn't know me personally, all they knew was the people were saying, the one who used to persecute us is now preaching the very faith he tried to destroy. And I think it's so funny because they'll remember you by who you were, even though they know who you are now. And I, uh, you know, my sister got saved before me. And I remember thinking she joined a cult. 
And that's just my real talk. Like, I was like, wait, your life flipped upside down. Like, it reminds me of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> okay. I think you're aging us. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I watch it every day. Anyways, um, I had a past, and I remember knowing my sister would have such a grace on me when I finally had that encounter. But I was, I had a lot of anger and I think what's crazy is when I finally had that encounter, no matter how much I tried, no matter, this is the, the, the differentiator. Is that a word? <laughs> Difference. If you, you can try and read habit books, you can read self-help books, you can continue to try and mark off your 21 days of cutting out a habit. Trust me, I tried like, okay, I'm not gonna cuss today. 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 Got cut off on the freeway. Yeah, no, it didn't happen. And somehow, miraculously, I had an encounter with God, and I kid you not, I was done cussing. And my family's like, you used to cuss a lot. And I was like, no, I didn't. They were like, it was every other word. And I was like, hmm, interesting. I'm learning stuff here tonight. Go yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, we all have a past, but I thank God that God, I thank God that he doesn't leave us there, and he transforms us. And he, like Paul, who was formerly Saul, he calls us by who we are to be, not who we were. And um, I always just allowed God's voice to be bigger than everybody who wanted to continue to point me to my past. You have to. You have to know where you're headed, who you're becoming, the calling on your life, and what God is speaking to you because not, you know, you're not going to be able to get your calling from somebody else, from your friend you know, we can, we can hide behind other people's callings. But at the end of the day, God has a calling specifically on every single person who's tuned in's life. And you have to tap into that. You can't hide in the shadows. You can't continue to, to allow human voices to weigh higher. And this whole, this whole uh, passage talks about how he didn't speak to humans. He had an encounter with God that really directed him to have this bold, passionate faith to do what he knew he was going to be called to do. And God had that destined for him since he was in his mother's womb. Mm -hmm. I think that that's... Yeah. Uh, you don't find your calling by scrolling a Twitter feed. <laughs> you, you don't find your calling right. by um, trying to steal other people's callings. Uh, you don't find a calling by mm -hmm. imitating other people. You find your calling right. by getting your face on the ground and praying and seeking God and saying, God, can you reveal to me what you put me here on this earth for? Right. Uh, I wrote this down in my notes elsewhere, but oftentimes how you know what God has called you to is what he saved you from. Mm -hmm. I'll say it again. How you know what God has called you to is what he's often saved you from. Uh, maybe you've, you were saved from addiction. Maybe you were saved from uh, abusive relationships. Maybe you were saved from, uh, you know, you're just like, man, I, I was so into knowledge. I was so into astrology and how things were. And, and what you were usually saved from, God often uses you in those areas. Uh, I want to I wanna touch on this point here. is because Paul is, is in this passage. He's making this stand and saying, look, God set me apart for this. Why, why is there so much emphasis on Paul reiterating this point here? It doesn't matter who you are. We're learning this from Saul tonight, okay? And I don't, I don't mean this by saying you don't matter. That's not what I'm trying to say. I mean, as a person, it does not matter what you look like. It does not matter what you've done. Uh, it doesn't matter if you feel like you may have let so many people down. It doesn't matter if you feel like you're a failure. Uh, it doesn't matter even if you think you're right all the time. 
doesn't matter. But what matters, what Paul is trying to say, what matters is that, look, in 2020, people may have canceled you. Hmm. In 2020, people may have written you off. Right. In 2020, maybe all your dreams that you wrote down just wiped, gone out the window. Maybe you lost loved ones. In 2020, maybe you stopped getting invited. We all did. Come on, we couldn't go anywhere for a while, so don't feel too bad. But maybe people threw you underneath the bus. Maybe they, they told you, you just need to give up on that business idea. You just need to give up on those dreams. But can I tell you what God did not do? God did not stop having a plan for your life. Right. Just because the world broke out in this hysteria, right. God didn't. Like God did not break out in hysteria and go, oh my gosh, I lost a plan for your life, Jess. <laughs> what am I going to do? Oh my me. Yeah. Like, what am I? He didn't lose the plan for your life. He still has a call for you. He's still going to provide for the dream he put in your heart in 2018 and 2019. He's still going to fulfill what he promised you in early in 2020. Why? Because he's God. And so here in these texts, we're, we're reading about how Paul is reiterating all of this fact to get to this point, right. which is here's the takeaway that I want us to take from tonight. You are not called by man. You are called by God. Right. Let me say it again. There's something we can take away from tonight is you have to know your calling does not come from a man. It comes from God. This is what was going on here in this context that we're reading. People were finding themselves not appeasing the, what he calls them the Judaizers, is because they needed to get circumcised. They needed to follow the Torah. They needed to follow the law. They needed to follow the certain way. And Paul's like, look, my cred, I've done all that. I studied under Gamaliel, who was like, top dog in the Jewish Pharisees. Like, that's me. But I'm going to tell you, believer, that's not it. I I've, I've, was flawless in the law. I executed everything that I need to. And I love what my wife said earlier. It's relationship, not religion. Mm -hmm. Maybe, I, I feel this for someone, maybe you've had to, 2020 was your year of unlearning. I have to be careful with how I say this. Maybe you've had to unlearn some human doctrine, mm -hmm. some, some theological points that people told you they've said over your life, but was really for their pride and benefit. Right. We're human. We're, like, we are flawed. Like, I, I know on my, my worst days, I have to be careful with how I lead. Mm -hmm. But if we don't have that awareness, then we'll lead people out of frustration. And maybe someone in church you're logging in and you've been hurt by a church. Like I, we, we take very serious, we believe the word of God is the inauthoritative, uh, implanetary word of God that is inspired by God, from God, written by man, but inspired by the Holy Spirit. And that's what we teach. We teach biblical principle values. That's what we teach here at Freedom House. We also believe in having sound doctrine. Like we don't just get up here and, and I'm just gonna wing it today. Like I didn't pray or study. Like we don't do that. But, but this is what was going on, and, and maybe it's happened to you personally. I love that we as a church offer something for people who, who want to learn doctrine, who want to, and that's our Freedom House Bible College. It's sound doctrine. It's sound teaching. Like, we're, we just finished our semester last night. Shout out to all of our students. If you're logging on, we're so proud of you. But we, we, we teach these things here at Freedom House. Why? It's because... We don't want you to be misled. We want to guide you in your walk with Christ. We want to guide you in taking steps with you. And you're not called by man. You are called by God. 
Um, let's go on to verse 17 through 20, and we'll start to wrap up the night here. Uh, Paul goes on, he says, I didn't go to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went into Arabia. Later, I returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem. So he's, you're, you're seeing, the reason why I brought up Bible college is you're seeing Paul's guidance in his life. He didn't just have an encounter and start preaching. Like, he had an encounter. Remember, Paul was already educated. He just needed his education to become transformation in his heart now. He just needed the things that he learned when he was younger, the things that he was taught to make its way to its heart. Because, look, you can know your Bible. You can pray every day. You could fast as much. You could fast so much. You, you look like Escalito from Nacho Libre. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I said that wrong. Es Escalito. Okay. You could be so skinny fasting, but still be the meanest person in the world because God's word hasn't transformed you. This is what Paul is presenting to us. This is what he's telling us is, look, I've done all of that. I've read all those books. I've studied all those commentaries. I've done all the fasting. I've followed all the laws, but God set me apart and he revealed it to me. I'm telling you, logging on tonight, your encounter with God is awaiting you. It's awaiting you. He goes on in verse 18. Then after three years, he goes up to Jerusalem. Verse 19, I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that I'm writing to you is no lie. Sometimes in our walk with God, there's a transplanting season. God will literally uproot us, relocate us, and plant us. And, and maybe you're, you're logging on and you're in that uprooting season. You're just like, man, like, I just feel so conflicted in so many different areas of my life. I feel like, like, man, God literally just grabbed my life during COVID and just spun me around and I don't even know where I'm at. God will shut doors that you know needed to be shut in your transplant season. God will refocus your sphere, AKA remove some of those friends out of your life. God will end some of those relationships. God will end the relationship you thought like, man, I thought, I thought like, I thought this was my boo-boo for life. <laughs> like, I thought this was it. <laughs> but, but in transplanting seasons, this is what God does. And it's important that in these seasons that you're in, you get around community. Right. It's important that when you're in these transplant seasons, hello, midweek connect groups, hello, Freedom House connect groups, you find yourself some Bible-loving, crazy Jesus friends that aren't going to just tell you you're all messed up, that aren't going to tell you that everything's going wrong in your life and like, I'll keep you in prayer, like, but they're gonna say, hey, let's walk this thing out. Let's journey together. Let's pick up right wherever you feel comfortable picking up. Hey, if it's just, I gotta call you and remind you to read your Bible, I'm gonna call you and remind you to read your Bible. But I'm so grateful that we provide uh, environments for people to be in community. Again, sometimes there's some unlearning that needs to be done. And for some of you, that unlearning looks like new learning, AKA Freedom House Bible College. <laughs> I feel like there's people on tonight that have been like, if he says Freedom House Bible College one more time, maybe it's not so much that you're agitated about I'm saying it, but it's been something that God's been speaking to you about since even before 2020. 
that you gotta just like, you just gotta jump in. You just gotta do it. We don't have that much time to go on anymore. Like we're, we're, we're at that point in time where we need people who are biblically sound, who know how to answer their five-year-old's question about why God created them. Like, dad, why do I exist? Whoa. <laughs> I can give you the scientific way or I can give you the purpose over your life way. He goes on in verse 21. Then I went to Syria and Cilicia. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith once he once tried to destroy. And they praised God because of it. As we come to a close tonight, do you have any closing thoughts that you want to share? The last verse about him being known as the one who preached the very faith that he wanted to tear down. Um, like my husband said, I think that we have to know our plans are not void just because of 2020. In fact, I think God knew exactly what he was doing because there was replanting, because there was pruning, because new friendships needed to be formed, because relationships needed to be closed off, because you needed to leave that job, because fill in the blank. There are so many things that God probably did that, yes, they hurt, but in a pruning, there's new blooming. Like there are things that are going to grow out of this season and all of the tears you have sown are going to produce good fruit. And you just continue to sow those tears into the right soil, into this soil, into the word of God, into your prayer time, into your prayer closet. And you're going to see the goodness of God, because 2020 isn't where we're going to stay stuck. It's just a season. Like pastor said, um, I don't know if it was the Bible study or on, on at service, but he said it's glory to glory. And that too is 2020, two, two, 2020. And, um, you know, I think that we also have to think of if you, this verse makes me think of two people. We might have been a certain way prior to being saved and we were Saul's. And we have to know that God has a destiny and a purpose for us and we are also called to be someone else. That there are things that we are gonna have to leave behind, but I encourage you to have a, make room to have an encounter with God. It does not take a church building. It doesn't even take a crowd of people. It takes, like my husband said, you getting on your knees and just saying, God, here I am and he is going to point you to your destiny and your calling. The second thing I can think of is somebody in your life, and I think of, like for me, my best friend, and I wish I had a more mature faith at the time to be able to direct her to not leave that night. But that one person who is a Saul in your life, who is the one person you wish you would see be saved. We have to know by the story of Paul that if God did it then, God does it now. He did it through me. He did it through my husband. He did it through every single person that is tuning in, that calls themselves saved, that is saved, that is a Christian. God can do it for them. But let's be those people with bold faith who can share the gospel without shame, without hesitation, without anything that is going to take us back to what we were living in before because 2020 is the year that people are looking for answers. And you know what? We have the answer. We have the answer. We have the solution to all of the world's problems and we need to start declaring it and sharing it without hesitation and with the authority that God has given us. Just like Paul, I think that he is such an example for us of how to live. If we had a past, we can preach even more of who God is. Amen.
Amen. With that, we'll stand on our feet. <laughs> I, I want to just kind of piggyback a little bit. Um, you want to join me up here, my love. But maybe maybe you're you're tuning on, you're saying, you know, I... Because here's, here's where a statement like, you know, you just need to, to make your room, uh, your encounter with God. That'll often be misconstrued as, well, then I don't need to go to church. And that's so far from the truth. Right. Because in other passages in Acts 2.42, it talks about being community and breaking bread with one another, which is why we actually have corporate worship here on Sundays uh, in person or outdoors at Costa Mesa uh, and online as well, too. But uh, like my wife just finished and mentioned saying, maybe you need to be as bold in your faith. And look, we know families you are going to be gathering tomorrow. And uh, 2020's been crazy, okay? There's been a lot of just animosity. There's been a lot of just different things that have taken place. But the best thing that you can be tomorrow for your family is to be unapologetic about your faith. Here's what that doesn't mean. Doesn't mean you sit at the table and be like, that's why this family's all messed up because y'all don't go to church, because y'all all this, and that's not what I'm trying to say. But, but look at what the people said in verse 23. They heard that this was once the man who persecuted who is now preaching about the faith. Can I tell you that people in your family, in your sphere, in your friends, are looking at your social media, they're looking at how you're talking, they're looking at what you're doing, and they're like, isn't this the person that used to party? Like, isn't this the person that used to be all up in the club? Like, yeah. boop. Like, isn't this the person that, I just gave away my BC life. Uh, isn't this the person that was just all tore up from the floor up? Right. And now they're talking about God? Yeah. Right. Be unapologetic about who you are in Christ. Yep, that was me. I was uh, popping bottles in Vegas. You know what? I was uh, getting all, you know, woo! And if God can do it in my life, He can do it in your life. So I don't know who you are tuning on tonight, but let me remind you, is 2020 is not the year that has canceled you. 2020 is not the year that has silenced you. 2020 is the year that you found your purpose, that you found your true calling, that you got a hold of God so much that you're like, man, I know who I am. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing this song of worship. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.